This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to our warning television program, shortwave radio program, And if you're viewing it on any type of social media, welcome. We're in a college chapel here at World Ministries International where I do a service for the staff and families every Saturday. We're living in a world that is rushing toward the fulfillment of Bible prophecy described in Revelation chapter 13. Are you ready to take a stand as a true ambassador of Jesus Christ? Do you realize you are the only hope to save your family, friends, city, country, state, and nation? Today my message is titled, now you could put it either the missionary heart or a disciple's heart, because we should be both. We should be sent out in the Great Commission. And if you're sent out, it's because you have a disciple's heart. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You do his will. You fulfill the great commission. That's the disciple's heart. That should be a Christian's heart. I know many people aren't Christians in America today. It's all mental assent. But they're not really true followers of Jesus Christ. They don't want to obey him. They don't do his will. They call themselves Christian, yet they're in every sort of vanity and rebellion. We're living in a state in America of sheer hypocrisy with a dysfunctional church. But are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Do you have a disciple's heart? Romans chapter 1, verse 14 through 16. I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and unwise. So as much as in In me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. So here Paul reveals his heart to reach all people with the gospel of Christ, and he gives three reasons why he will do so. Now remember, He's willing to go to Rome knowing through prophecy he's going to be killed. Are you willing to be a martyr? It's really 
nice to say, I believe in God, I believe in Christ. You might even sing the song, I surrender all. But when real persecution comes, we see who you really are. Do you surrender all when real trouble comes? Are you willing to lay down your life? Let's say trouble comes in your health or finances. Where are you now? Do you grumble and complain? Get mad? Get mad at God. Paul says, number one, I am a debtor. Here's the reason why all Christians should have a measure of the, if we want to call it, the apostolic heart. Paul was an apostle. What's an apostle? A sent out one. I know the world today, the church, half of them don't like the word apostle. Well, it's very biblical. It's very correct. There is apostolic leadership. There is prophetic leadership today. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are real, whether you like it or not. Jesus actually commanded us to tarry for those gifts before you try to do his will on earth. Half of the church doesn't do that. And they think they can do it without the power of God, and they're utterly failing. They don't come against sin. They don't speak the truth. They compromise even with the gospel. And they pollute it, making what is wholly blasphemous. Like homosexuality. Now we want to sanctify it and call it alternate lifestyle. This is blasphemy. This is utter sin. Homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexual, this is sin. It's an abomination. It brings judgment, a curse, and it will send you into utter darkness for eternity. You don't have the authority to change the word of God other than you are so defiled with your own self-righteousness that you're under a spirit of deceivableness and you believe your own lies. The reason why all Christians should have a measure of the apostolic heart after having been impacted by the ministry of an apostle, the anointing of an apostle, a true leader of Jesus Christ, apostles will impart to us a sense of obligation. See, every denomination in church should be under apostolic leadership, those that are called to lead. Frankly, if you go into a city-state, even family, friends, and they're at peace with sin, apostles come to make war. Oh, he stirred everything up. That's his job, not to tolerate sin. His job is to stir things up. His job is to get people mad at them if they don't repent. That's his job. He creates war wherever he goes. Why? Because God does. Jesus does. True apostolic leadership does. We are coming either under Jesus Christ or Antichrist. There is a war in the heavenlies. There is a war on earth. We're in a spiritual battle. And Jesus comes to declare war. When he returns, he's called the man of war. And when it's over, he's called the judge. Race is over. Now you'll be judged for the deeds done in the body. You can judge yourself now under grace and escape eternal damnation. But if you don't judge yourself now by the word of God, he will judge you by the word of God. And the rebellion will be over. Paul says, I am a debtor. When the apostolic heart has been revealed to us, we also will sense our obligation to share the good news with others. We will all become missionaries to the part of this world God has called us to live and have influence in. 
Many Christians have no sense of obligation at all regarding the responsibility we have to share what we know about Jesus Christ with others. They don't have a sense of responsibility. They can go to work, they can play games, they can go bowling, they can play baseball. No responsibility. Do you have a disciple's heart? If not, you better judge yourself. I remember the attitude to debts before my friends were born again. Oftentimes, would let them go their debts to collection. Now, people that weren't born again, friends, they would not be concerned over their debts. They had the intention never to pay them back at all. They were takers, not givers, who lived for self exclusively, not unlike many others without Christ. But when they were saved, what a change came into their hearts and lives regarding their obligations. They make sure that all their bills now are paid on time. They have an excellent credit rating. They became conscientious about their debts in the natural and in the spiritual. They want to have a good name as a Christian. My friend, Dr. John Polis, attended Dayton Bible College in the late 70s in Dayton, Ohio, where he obtained a BA in Biblical Studies. One of the courses was on the major cults with a textbook by Jack Sparks. He made a comment that he has never left him. He said, the cults are the unpaid bills of the church. Now think about that. God impacted me with this saying as I realized that Jesus had paid my debts. All the sins I have committed and would ever commit if I repented. But it, he left me with a sense of a debt to pay. I am a debtor, Paul said. I am a debtor. I have a responsibility under Jesus Christ. I also owe it to him to include all the people of the world. I owe it to Jesus to tell him about what he has done for all of us, for me. I owe it to them because I know the truth. Owe it to who? All people, including the cults of the world, the Mormons, the Jehovah Witness, the Muslims, the Buddhists. I have a debt to pay. That's why we go into all the world. That's why I've gone into all the world since 1985. I have a debt to pay, and that debt is not finished until the Spirit leaves my body. I am still driven by that debt. That's why we're here at World Ministries International trying to reach the nations because of that debt. God has forgiven my life. He's given me eternal life. Now, as his son, I need to represent him as his ambassador and help other people find that same mercy and grace and love. I have a debt to pay for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. I owe it to Jesus to tell them because I know the truth regarding eternal life. And for me to withhold a life-saving device from a drowning person, which they are, would be criminal. If you watch somebody drowning and you do nothing, and you could save them, that would be criminal. It's like, there they are in the road. Here you are. You could stop, but you don't stop. You run right over them. That is criminal. Do you run right through life not caring about people around you? I think God calls it criminal. 
The church today that lives in the me culture may never give thought to the obligation we have to spread the good news of Jesus. The excuses range from, that's not my spiritual gift. How many times you hear that? I, as a pastor, I've heard it all the time. That's not my gift, that's yours. That's yours too, brother. Get on your face and understand your giftings and your callings and the Holy Spirit. And quit rejecting your responsibility before God because he's not going to accept it on Judgment Day. My spirit is given to all of you if you seek me. That's what he's going to tell you. I'm sorry. You failed. Or I don't have that kind of personality. Have you heard that nonsense? I don't have the personality to put up with that. Well, the last time I knew the characteristics of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience, long-suffering, endurance. I think you have enough personality to share with an ugly person. But when our hearts are touched with the apostolic grace, we will realize that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, resulting in a great sense of obligation for the eternal destiny of others. Why are we here? To reach the gospel of Jesus Christ through the nations to all people of the earth, all kindred tongues and tribes. That's what I'm trying to do. Number two, I am ready. Paul said, I am ready. Paul goes on to reveal the impact of this, quote, sense of obligation, unquote, upon his own life by indicating how he had prepared himself in response. He says, as much as is in me, I am ready. With everything I've got, people who've been around me know that I have said many times, I am driven from the Holy Spirit in me as a disciple of Jesus Christ. That sense of obligation that I have, that I can't just trade away. Well, now I'm retired. I've done my job. Are you dead? Then I don't think you're retired. Uh, are you dead? What are you? You just tired? Well, wake up. Put the Holy Spirit in you and rise up. But don't give no lame excuse because God isn't going to take it. Rise up. Be healed. Lay hands on yourself. Get over your tiredness. Say, God help me. I am ready. Wow, this is no half-hearted effort here. Quote, as much as is in me. Means he gave 110% effort. In other words, I have done all to prepare myself to meet the challenges of sharing the gospel in any culture and to any ethnic group. This is the missionary heart. Why do we go to church, attend Bible studies, conferences, so we can continue to be prepared to reach all types of people? Why do I continue to take Bible courses? I've got three doctorate degrees. But why do I keep taking them? So I can reach all people. The leaders of any nation, the presidents, the prime ministers, the attorneys. You don't want to continue to prepare yourself. You're not going to reach all people. You'll reach wherever you're at. And if you don't care, I'm sorry. That's not the attitude God is going to like. You better care. You are a debtor. What are we talking about? Just preparing yourself to represent Christ. Just loving the word of God. Is that hard to do? Not unless you don't love God. But if you love God, it's not hard to do at all. I mean, like our Bible courses. It's just deep devotionals. It's if you love God, you keep taking them. It's not hard to do. It's enjoyable. It's edifying to your spirit, to your soul. We will study and learn all we can just to enhance our lives and live the dream of prosperity and believe God wants us to enjoy. 
our soul prospers if we understand the Word of God. It's like if you understand whatever you understand, whatever your profession is, take a simple thing, planting a garden. I would have to really understand how to plant a garden. I would have to really start studying, or my garden would be weeds. And many people produce weeds in their life. Are you there? If I wanted to fly an airplane, I'd better really get in there and start studying. Or if you flew with me, it'd be your last flight. <laughs> Scott, what he does with all of these homes and everything. Well, if I don't really dig in, if I was trying to do his job, that'd be the last home I ever worked on, the first one. <laughs> you got to study to be good in anything, including the gospel, including the gospel. God is waiting for the church to bring in the harvest of the former and latter rains so he can send his son back to earth. James 5, 7 through 9. If you have your Bible, let's read it. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, a husband waiteth for the pre precious fruit of the earth, hath long patience for it until he receives the early and latter rains. He also patience establishes in your heart for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned because the judge stands before the door. If we have the early and latter rains, if we have the Holy Spirit flooding our lives constantly, the weeds are flushed out constantly. We don't have the, the grudges and the, and the unnecessary turmoil in our soul that stops the Word of God from bearing fruit. I talked last night when I did a syndicated program for an hour around the world on a peaceful heart, renewing your mind to have peace. That's easy to say. It's hard to do because the devil constantly throws a thousand things at you and you've got to constantly reject it. Even if you're not a warrior, you're going to be a victim. We can have peace in the middle of the storm, but it's a fight. I had peace when my daughter was dying, but it was a fight because every other moment it seemed like I was being attacked and I'd have to continue to go back to the word of God and stand on the promises. I would lose my peace. We're in a fight, but I am a debtor. I am ready. Paul urged Timothy to be fully prepared to share his faith by being a diligent student of the word. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, Timothy, his, his son in the Lord. Be diligent to present yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. You know, if you don't know your job and you start a contract, you know, Scott here works on many expensive homes, but if, if he doesn't know his job, if he if he's doesn't uh, know what he's doing, he'll be ashamed because he'll make mistakes. It's the same way in our faith. If we're trying to represent the Lord, if we don't really study his word, there's times we just talk rubbish right out of our mouth. And we think it's the word of God. Paul was prepared with, quote, the wisdom and revelation of the word of God. He was ready to explain, quote, the finished work of Christ. Is enough detail to convince the unbelievers of their need to receive Jesus as Lord. Paul could debate with anybody, and he did. Kings, anybody. He didn't have to be ashamed. Felix said, you just about converted me. Paul was good. He knew the word of God. 
Sometimes you, you get one of these cults in there and you don't know the Word of God and they make you look pretty foolish. That's right. If you don't know what you're doing, you better keep them out the door because you'll look pretty bad. Because they're trained to try to convert you. You better understand the Word of God if you want to try to convert them. Again, he was prepared with the wisdom and revelation of God to convince the unbelievers of their need for Jesus. It's sad to say that most cults today have gleaned their ministry from former Christian church attendees or members who never applied themselves to study the word and were able to be seduced from their faith. 1 Timothy 4.1 calls it doctrine of demons. Some people let these people in and they get converted. Have you studied what you believe? What the other guy believes? As well as, so you can show the difference in truth and error. When we have become debtors, we also get ready. The number one thing you do in war is know your enemy. Now, if you don't want to study your enemy, don't go to war. Because you'll lose. Whether it's a real war, let me tell you. The armies are constantly the generals studying the enemies, the other nations. If you're a fighter, a boxer, you study your enemy. If not, he'll knock your block off. You can wake up in La La Land and your title's gone. But I don't think you'll ever get the title because you weren't a student to study anyway. Study your enemy. And point number three, I am not ashamed. Paul says what he knows about the gospel of Christ, quote, it is the power of God, unquote. Paul knows and expects that the power of God will manifest as he preaches the gospel so that the message will be confirmed and people will be without excuse. The key is we have to remember that they have a will. They can reject the gospel. But the real responsibility we have is to present it in word and spirit. Like Watchman E would say, in word and spirit. With the same anointing the apostles had that brings conviction. And then if they reject, the blood is totally on them. Not everyone received Jesus Christ. Even those that walked with him. Judas. Many left him when he quit, quit giving them handouts. I mean, do we serve God only for the handouts? Or do we serve God for the right motives because we truly love him? Have you ever had the urge to share the gospel with someone but balked because you would be ashamed if God suddenly showed up and caused a scene? What do I mean? Maybe the person will begin to cry. Or worse yet, maybe they will want you to pray for them and others are nearby and might hear you. How about this? If you prayed for them and they were slain by the power of God right there in the parking lot. So I'm afraid to share or pray or there might be a scene. I mean, you got you to honestly ask yourself. I remember sharing at Northwest Airlines, a stewardess once. I was in first class, got bumped up. God showed me that she had cancer. I got up and said, can I pray for you? You have cancer. She dropped the trays. All the other stewardess ran like I was beating her up. Leave him alone, leave him alone. God showed him where I was and he's praying for me. I have cancer. Are you willing to make a scene? Maybe the person will begin to cry or worse yet. Again, maybe they'll manifest. I've prayed for people and cast demons right out in front of everybody. Are you willing for them to manifest? Paul was ready for anything. He was not ashamed because he identified with Christ. And God would show up. We can see an example from Paul's ministry in Lystra where he was stoned for manifesting the power of the gospel. Acts 14, 8 through 9. 
And in Lystra, a certain man without strength to his feet, sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observed him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice, Stand up, straight onto your feet. He leaped up and walked. The crowd got so excited, they began to proclaim Paul and Barnabas were Greek gods. They wanted to sacrifice to them. Paul stopped them from trying to worship him. We're mere men. But the word went out regarding the miracle, and the Jews from Antioch came and tried to stone him, supposing he was left for dead as they did stone him, dragged him out of the city, Acts 14, 19. However, in Acts 14, 20, the disciples gathered around him. He rose up, went into the city. The next day he departed from Barnabas to Derbe. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead raised up Paul. Paul had a missionary heart. Do you? Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you truly understand it's the only power, the only solution for America, for any nation you might live in today? Do you truly understand this is a real heaven to gain and a real hell that you're going to if you don't accept Christ? You and I are one breath away from heaven or hell. One breath. Do you care if the people you know are going to hell? The disciples' heart. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.